0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: I'm just anxious that way, so.
0: Well, being anxious that way. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good day, whatever the hell it is for you, wherever the hell, whenever the hell you're listening to it. And I'm trying to be profane just in Mark's honor because Mark has once again disappointed our podcast listeners. He has let life interrupt his ability to join us and be on the podcast. So we have our ever faithful five thirds of Beetle and the one of the wonderful co-hosts of the uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk podcast, an old friend of the show and a, and a quite often co-host, Mister
1: Mike McPeak, back with us. Welcome back, Mike. Hello. Well, first of all, you're assuming that some people are going to be disappointed that Mark isn't here.
0: That is true. That could be a false assumption, and I should not have done that.
1: Right. Without empirical evidence, don't make assumptions. This is true. Right.
0: And and Mark being somewhat empirical himself, we won't do that.
1: (laughs) Okay. I won't touch that one. Anyway. So how have you been keeping Mr. McPeak? Oh, not too bad. You know, you're kind of saying something about hell. I take a little hell here just to warm it up a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> um, I haven't bothered to check. Um, I should see what our current temperature is. Uh, I'm sure you would like it. I freaking hate it. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, like about two above Fahrenheit uh, this afternoon. Oh it says zero right now.
0: Zero is good.
1: Mm, if you're an Eskimo. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. Of course, you know, some people tell me, well, if you don't like the weather, move out of South Dakota. but. You know, I grew up here, I like the state otherwise, it's just that I don't like being a freaking, you know, well, that's not Arctic, I, you know, my my sci-fi co-host, Julie, is up there in North Dakota, they get even colder up there, so. Um, well, yeah, and uh, uh, uh and he's going to shoot me,
0: Jeff. because, Jeff, thank you, I couldn't think of anything, he's even further north, so.
1: Yeah, but I think over there, because he's, uh, I think by Ontario, I don't think they get as bad as they do here, because he was saying something about snow melting or something, and I'm going, geez, I wished. We got, Um, our snow hasn't melted uh, since we got it in December, and it's still, we still can't see the ground yet.
0: Now, the big snow that I think I talked about, we got uh, a couple or been, be two weeks ago Thursday, um, has mostly melted there i mean there's just little piles of it hither tither thither and yon but now we've had snow showers today twice that just covered the ground but then that's all melted away too because it's uh it's fairly balmy here it's about 28 degrees or so here right now
1: we saw 28 no last week i guess but then you know it's back down below freezing down around zero now and we haven't had so much snow here, but the problem on the Great Plains is with all the wind, you may get a couple inches, but it'll all go uh, horizontal. Uh, so it's not, uh, we could uh, get like only an inch of snow, but with a 60 mile an hour wind, you kind of get a whiteout.
0: Yeah. And that, yeah, we've had that happen before with uh, very small uh, snows around here too. And we'll get, we tend to get also uh, snow squalls that come down off the uh, Great Lakes all the way down here. And... uh they're they're really funny to watch because living in between the mountains as I do in a in a valley you'll see the squall come over the mountain and you, it's just like a wall of white just coming at you you know it'll be there'll be nothing and you can just see it and all of it and you see the same thing with rain squalls here too, and it's just all sort of and then you're in the middle of it i've literally sat upstairs in my living room and looked down to the street, the other end other end of the cul-de-sac cul- on the other end from me, and just watched it disappear as the snow moved across the area.
1: You, you just described some nightmares that I've had. <laughs> um, but we've experienced that in the summertime, when you get like a wall cloud of a thunderstorm coming at you, you can just see that this wall coming toward you, and all of a sudden it'll just come through, and it'll go from, literally, the wind can go from zero to 60 miles an hour like that. And... um it, uh, it gets a little intense because all of a sudden, uh, you know, leaves will go flying through. Tree branches may go flying through. Uh, hail, that's always, that's wonderful. I mean, we had a big hailstorm come through, mm, I want to say about four years ago, I think it was, took the roof. Uh, we had to replace the shingles on the house. Uh, well, a whole bunch of cars around town had, uh, I mean, they had like big old, you know, audio people can't say, but big old holes in <laughs> a tennis ball size in um Windshields, yeah, the body, uh, auto body people, they made a fortune that year. They were actually swamped with business. So, um, yeah, weather out here can be mm, interesting.
0: Yeah, and this is, I mean, I've just gotten used to this living in between the mountains as I do. Um, and, and, and people know I live in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. Um, but it is, and it, it sometimes it's not even wind. There's not a lot of wind with this snow or the rain sometimes. It's just a, like a wall of rain or wind coming or rain or snow coming at you. But it's still kind of cool to watch and being somewhat of a weather geek as I am, I have been known during those events like that if I see them coming and can make it downstairs in time, I will go down and open my garage door and stand there and watch it come by.
1: See, I'll do that with uh thunderstorms just because they can easily spawn tornadoes. I'd like to be out there keeping an eye on things. And besides my wife kind of freaks out during thunderstorms, so it's probably actually calmer out there in the storm than it is in the house with her. Uh so I would uh, I just go out there and watch it and uh and, you know, if we see anything, yeah, I I'm gonna make a direct route down to the basement, and get underneath the steps. Don't get be- between me and the steps, because you know, I'm I'm gonna go down there. I'm not gonna get blown away, but um yeah, I'll I'll stand out there and watch that stuff. And you know, uh, I've watched hailstorms go through. One time when uh, that hailstorm that went through a few years ago, my wife and I were out there in the garage washing and She had the door open just a, a, a screen door open just a crack, looking outside, looking at all these great big hailstones come down. And one managed to come down just right and hit her on the wrist there, and she had a welt on there for a couple days. So, uh, oh, oh
0: yeah, that stuff can get really hail can be dangerous. I mean, extremely dangerous.
1: Well, this stuff was like golf ball size, some tennis ball size stuff. Uh this was nasty crap.
0: Yeah, we don't normally get a whole lot of hail around here. We get it. We just don't get it very often. And um yeah it's hail is, is very dangerous. But uh, the worst time I ever remember being outside during one of these storms recently, um I was standing outside and a loud clap I saw the lightning and heard the thunder clap at the same instant. Mm and uh that was well actually it's happened twice i was outside one time a neighbor's tree uh a house up to me got hit and it, it the tree exploded there were pieces of it that flew down here into my yard and you could see where the lightning had hit it and it followed the roots out and the dirt and the ground was all blown out and everything like that
1: that was that was wicked we had one that was close. I never saw the damage, but uh, it was close because, I mean, I was downstairs in the basement, and I saw the flash through the window. And I and uh, where I was sitting out there was next to the furnace, so I think the thunderclap came down through the furnace pipe downstairs. So it echoed pretty good, and the neighbor, um, it blew out. Um, I think it, um I, don't, like I say, I don't know where it hit, but it hit hard enough that I think it kind of fractured a gas line in a gas uh um, fireplaces she had, so that had to get turned off. It blew out uh, microwaves that they had there. And I'm surprised because we're right across the street and you know, all this electronic equipment we had didn't take any of that out, but it took out our I forget, what it was microwave, telephone, bunch of our electrical appliances. I mean, it just zorched them.
0: Yeah, this took out uh, a garage door opener, I think a f- couple telephones, house phones. I don't remember if it took out a freezer or a refrigerator, one of the two, in one house. And the only other time that I've, uh, in recent history that I've been real close is I was sitting upstairs. and I was sitting inside. It was night, and I heard the clap, or saw the light, heard the clap. It hit this wooden stop sign up at the corner of my street and just obliterated the stop sign.
1: Well, I remember once out in the farm, we had a lightning strike that was close by. I don't think we ever saw where it hit, but I know it was close because the garage door opener uh, went berserk, and it just kept, it would open up and it wouldn't stop. So we finally had to pull the plug on it, and I think it fried the circuit board in there. So so it, it so it had a bit of a short circuit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> fried its brain, man.
0: Uh, well, spe- speaking of brains and, and such things. I'd zombies? Have, yeah, no, not zombies. Don't. We're not we're yeah. not going to talk about zombies. I don't understand okay. the fascination with zombies. Different topic, another the sure. show, baby. Okay. Um I've had a lot of people recently because I've made different comments at times. Say something to me about my brain might be miswired because of my fact the fact that I don't like music or let me rephrase it. I listen to little to no
1: music. And I know you and I've had this conversation mm. a couple times. Yeah, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here. You have this bare minimal, you do like a certain amount of music, but it's minimalistic. And well, I don't have a wide range of music, but I I love music. I love uh, you know, I I'm more like, you know, good to, uh rock uh, some country music, that kind of stuff. It's not like I'm in the classical or everything, but I, li- I like listening to music. I call it the soundtrack of my life. So, and like I said, I know that we're at kind of opposite ends of the spectrum there.
0: Yeah, I and again, I do listen. And I listen to a very eclectic. When I do listen to music, I listen to rock because uh, I grew up in the heavy metal generation. Uh, I listen to country. I listen to bluegrass. I listen to classical. I listen to a lot of jazz and swing music when I listen. And I say a lot. A lot for me is not a whole lot. Um, but, you know, and I and I love Christmas music. That's probably the one exception. I will listen to Christmas music continuously from Thanksgiving on until a couple weeks after Christmas. So I, that that is my one exception. But people have asked me why. And I don't know. I think I've told the story on the show before, and I may not. I don't know if I have or I haven't. But just a little... Peel back the curtains a little insight, since I've gotten some questions lately. Yeah, oh, not that kind not, of curtain. Oh, okay. Yeah, keep the oh, wait <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no,
1: no, no. no. Yeah, okay, um, that's good.
0: Okay, so many years ago when I was a youngster in, the, in elementary school, I had the greatest desire to play in the band, and I really wanted to play the uh, trombone, because I thought it was cool the way it slid in and out. You know, I thought that was... Coolest thing in the world. Kevin wanted to play the trombone. Well, going from fifth grade into sixth grade, you had to take what was called a musical uh, aptitude test or a musical test or something like that to see if you could to to be able to play in the band. So I took the test. I was so excited. I'd already figured. Well, if they won't let me play the trombone, I'll play whatever they'll give me. You know, if they say no, no, you're not suited for the trombone. Yes, I would have played that. <laughs> wouldn't have bothered me to play the, the tambourine or something like that. But I took the test, and the lady that gave the test came back, and she said, wow, you're just really bad. You should never play music ever in your entire life. And, I mean, she just really said, I mean, short of calling me musically stupid, she just said no, and they put me in what was called general music, which was just... Uh, Everybody had to take music in sixth grade, and it was just like, you know, we we learned songs, we played a little guitar, we learned music history and things like that. But ever since then, my interest in music went from way up here, because I grew up, you know, my brothers and sisters had all kind uh, kinds of, uh, you know, we're talking back in the days, you and I remember, of albums, actual really? albums. Mm-hmm. 45s, eight tracks, not so much oh. eight tracks, they were coming into being... But, I mean, I'm talking albums and 45s, and I still have a lot of those. Mm. And, you know, I was really into music. I was into the Creedence Clearwater Revival, CCR, and all this sort of stuff. As a young kid, this is what I was listening to and really getting into it. And then after that, it was like, eh, I'm done. (laughs) I'm musically stupid, and I'll I'll, I'll move on. And to this day, I can't read music. I, I, I don't know a half note from a quarter note. And and my wife and my one child both look at me and go, "What do you mean you can't read music?" I go, "Wait a minute, I can't read music." You all don't like higher math. We'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> well, and you see, I I as a uh, child I took piano lessons, and you know my motivation for taking piano lessons was as well I kind of had a crush on the piano teacher. Uh, what, what, be that what? as it may, though, but I did take uh, was this uh, a Mrs. Piano-
0: Robinson type of thing? Huh? Was this a Mrs. Robinson, the Graduate type of thing? No,
1: no, no. It was, um, uh, it it was a, a teenage. Well, I wasn't even teenage. I was a, you know, preteen. It was just one of those things. I, you know, I, I thought she was, you know, cute. She was actually uh, the older sister of uh, uh, one of my classmates. Uh, so she was, I don't know, four or five years older, but yeah, no, probably more than that. Um, but you know, it was just. You know, I, I liked her, so I started taking piano lessons. It was one of those things. Of course, I was a weird kid. Anyway, I had, I'd I'd have a crush on a you know a pop can. So I mean, you know, it wasn't <laughs> um, it wasn't too hard for me to have a crush. Let's just put it that way. But anyway, so I you know I took piano lessons. I did take them for you no, know, I think with her two years, and then she graduated. and I took another. Um, I had different music teacher, and that one, well, you know, I didn't. Um, well, the thing was, I wasn't like you know really in the music, but I did take the piano lessons. But I just, I wanted to play music. I just didn't like the silly practice stuff. I just wanted to like instantly do it, you know, uh, download it in my brain and just start playing. Well, um, the the second music teacher I had when I you know was showing up, and I wasn't practicing, didn't really know anything. She said, you know, maybe you should you know just kind of quit lessons. You're kind of wasting your money. You know, she's kind of right. But you know, I did, I, I did, you know, I can sit down to play. I mean. If I was to sit down, I could probably muddle my way through a tune, but it would be pretty bad. But I did play. They, we did have a couple of recitals. And I did get a, um, I think, a blue ribbon for, uh, I played uh, My Grandfather's Clock. I don't know if you're familiar with that one or not. It's an old, uh, I don't know if it's a folk song or not, but it was like, you know, My Grandfather's Clock set high on the shelf. Anyway, oh, I won't good. torture keep sing- people.
0: Keep singing there. That'll...
1: Yeah, that'll scare somebody. Um <laughs> I got a cold so it doesn't help. Um but I did, you know, did okay with that, but you know, I just uh, I kind of lost interest. But you know, you told that story and we had a um, at the high school where I work, we had a foreign exchange student one year and he was from Finland. And uh we was trying to get him to sing in the church choir and he said, "Oh no, I don't sing because when he was in his uh, tale was similar to yours. he uh was over there in uh, in Finland and was uh, I forget he had a music teacher anyway that uh, you know he went to sing and she looked at him and said you should never sing again. <laughs> you know,
0: I can relate to that, and mm-hmm. I think I did. I've told you the story about me in the church choir, right? I think so. The youth group where I was banned from singing in church.
1: Mm, that kind of rings a bell. It's been a, a few brain cells ago, but.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, I I know I can't sing, I can't, and i go back and listen to some of the older shows, folks. There's a couple times where I've sang, and uh, uh, you listen to uh, the other show, uh, Not Another Mac Podcast, Uh, a couple years ago at Christmas, we all tried to sing Christmas carol together. Hilarious, great fun, can't sing, worth a lick. Um, And Mark and I have sang Soft Kitty, um, and some other things, but uh, the youth group, they wanted me to sing. and I said, "I can't sing, guys." You know, I, I knew I couldn't sing, even before I quit liking music. I knew I couldn't sing. <laughs> I just wasn't gifted that way. And they finally badgered me, and they said, "Okay, you got to sing." I said, "I only know one way to sing, and that's loud. That's the only way." I know. So I, they made me get up there that Sunday morning, and I started to sing, and I was singing loud, and I sing way off key, and and all, and you know, they're, everybody's looking at me like that. And after I got done, they all said. We don't think you should sing in church anymore. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, I became the bell ringer. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, no, no, that's no, no, no. something. The big steeple bell. Oh, you pulled the rope. And, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I was Quasimodo.
1: Ooh. Well, I didn't have the hum, but okay.
0: <laughs> I, did, I glued one on
1: temporarily. Okay, as long as you do. Um, and I sing, and sometimes I have delusions of adequacy, but... Um, uh I don't know it's just not, like I have sang in the choir, but with people around me, you know it's a little easier and with you know a microphone set up here, I tried one day to play music and I recorded myself and listened back, and I kind of cringed and sometimes I realize you're your own worst enemy, but I kind of listened to it and uh no, I don't know if I should you know probably actually sing solo or or not uh, it just it didn't sound good, so
0: yeah well you know that's you know we're known for our good looks and 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 winning personalities not the uh not our singing voices
1: oh god i'm screwed oh anyway
0: (laughs) oh me well now, now speaking of 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 creative things and 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 that sort of thing there was a topic we talked about we wanted that that i brought up that i thought would be interesting um I'm getting more. I'm getting back into. I cycle through it. I'm starting to read a lot again, and I'm not talking just articles online. I'm talking actual, either magazines and or books. And as uh, listeners to the show will know, that I oh, a few months ago, maybe two months ago now, I guess, uh, happened upon a wonderful deal and got a Kindle, the basic Kindle, for twenty nine dollars. I think it was, or twenty one dollars, or something like that. I mm. mean. Yeah, I've got nothing invested in it. No. And um, I, I'm really liking reading on that. Well, I've been reading on that, and I've been reading on my iPad. been reading uh, magazines and stuff like that. Um, one of the things I happened to be reading today was uh, uh, Don McAllister's uh, Screencasts Online magazine, mm. which I have a subscription to. But I'm curious. I know you have – I have an iPad 1 and an iPad 4th gen they're not that different you know the fourth Mm. gen is much faster it has some other features but weight wise they're pretty close and then i have my kindle but you have an ipad mini uh, original version correct
1: yep yep not the i wish there was the faster one i wish they had more storage capacity to it too but yeah yeah so my first question is do you read on it um I'm thinking about it, and, you know, since we're kind of here, I kind of have a confession to make. You sent me that gift certificate from uh, uh, iTunes, and I haven't used it yet because I haven't decided what I'm going to do. But I finally, I think what I might do is I might buy a um, book on iTunes, and I was thinking about uh, what I'm leaning towards right now is a book called Earth by David Brin, uh, because Julie keeps talking about it on Sci-Fi Tech Talk, and I thought maybe if I read it, uh, someday, maybe when jeff 's gone somewhere, Julie and I could discuss it, so that I'm, I'm, that 's what i 'm considering reading, but you know, as far as sitting down and reading a book on the iPad, I have some, but like I say, with my limited storage capacity I have there, and how many flipping apps I have on there um, <laughs> and just the time this it's I need to sit down uh, take the time to sit down and just to read a book and, you know it 's one of those things I have to kind of remind myself to do because I got. You know we are drowned in digital abundancy here because I've got and, you know a subject that um, we might get to a little later here is my digital media setup that I'm trying to uh, uh, concoct here and you know I got all kinds of things I can do and I listen to uh, and I take time to watch movies for sci-fi tech talk and everything so just to be able to sit and sometimes I have the attention span of a gnat so to be able to sit down and read a book you know can get a little a uh, little interesting sometimes.
0: Yeah, well I have to I have to admit the recent book that I just finished I was inspired by an episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk as I mentioned uh two or three episodes ago here on our show. Uh I picked up the original H.G. Wells War of the Worlds mm. written in I think it was 1895 or something like that. I had never mm. I had never read the book. I'd seen the two or three movies that were made about it and uh, you all discussing it. I decided to read it and The second book I'm getting the next book I'm getting ready to read is also another thing that you guys inspired me to go back and read. The original was Jules Verne's Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, Mm. Um, and then I downloaded the original Sherlock Holmes stuff. All these I got for either free or ninety nine cents from the Kindle store. What a bargain for me, you know. Mm. And I have the Kindle app on my iPad, and I had read some stuff on the Kindle app, but I have to say that. As much as I'm into digital media, I love my iPads and all that. The Kindle, is an, uh, the, the Kindle itself is, and I'm talking, I just have the basic Kindle. It's an amazing reading experience and so easy. It's just like reading a book. And I mean, it's so lightweight. And I even have mine in a case. I think I paid $9 for the case. I just got a cheap case. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't have that much tied up in it. But if I carry it around, I want some protection for it. But, I mean, it's digital reading. I mean, I think about all these books, although we have been selling a lot of our books and or donating them to the local library, which then sells them to benefit the Library Association and buy more books, which I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, But, and I just, I'm getting further. You know, I I, I keep a lot of content, a lot of media, which ties into what we're going to talk about next probably, I have DVDs. I have all that sort of thing, but when it comes to books, I really think I'm going to go more and more digital and less physical books. I mean, the Kindle just makes it way too easy, and the iPad for something that's a little more rich in content mm. to read. I just, you know, I, I I just don't see the dead tree editions are going to start to fade away.
1: Well, back, well, you probably can't see it, but back over my shoulder, I got some of my sci-fi books that I've got, I've, and I kept the ones that I liked. I, um, back when we were young and married and broke, um, I sold off some of the uh, other books that I had, because that was back when you could actually, like, you know, sell books and, you know, buy used books. And so and the ones I've got back up there, um, well, I've got, like, a Heinlein book and uh, the Isaac Asimov Foundation books, Um Yeah, and like I say, and I would like to sit down and reread some of those. Uh, What I've been doing uh, for some of these, well, first of all, yeah, because I read um, 20,000, well, read in quotation marks, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and War of the Worlds, but I did it digitally, or uh, audio. Um, The uh, South uh, South Dakota State Library, if you get a library card through your local library, then you can access the state's library. And they got digital books or audio books. They've got... um, um, Yeah, digital books uh, you know uh, Kindle type books whatever uh, that you can check out and read and for me audio works out really well because at the school there most of the time it's mindless stuff and if I do run out of podcasts to listen to I will uh, download some books from the library and read them and uh, sometimes I'll bump it up to 2x speed and listen to it that way I know that drives a lot of people crazy I listen to most of my podcasts at 2x too but uh, just so I can get through everything but um, all Audiobooks have been uh, you know good for me and and like I say I'd like to reread the um, uh, foundation books by Asimov and th- that's available as a uh, digital download that I could read on the uh, uh, iPad and, and but like I say I just kind of have to force myself to sit down and read that because when I first started on sci-fi tech talk we did sit down and read a few books and I read um, Ender's Game I think I actually bought that one um, Ender's Game. And then there was um Rule thirty four, I think that was a book that we read. So back then we actually took time to read books, but you know, now that we're all a little busier, we haven't done that for a while. Um so we've been, you know, kind of cheating and you know, watching movies and doing it that way. But uh I know I did take the time to sit down and read some of those books, and I, I think it's just a matter of you know, forcing yourself to uh uh to take the time to do that
0: yeah I I mean I've been making enough time it it took me I mean that's uh, War of the Worlds was not an exceptionally long book Um, and it took me what off and on about two and a half maybe three weeks to get through it but it was a nice diversion to read and do that other than consume media other ways and I think as I get more into the Kindle itself uh, even though I hate summer um, when, uh, when summer comes around and I have to be outside, I think they'll, you know, my Kindle will be at my side and I'll be able to, you know, read and enjoy the weather as long as I'm in the shade away from the, the, the mean sun that tends to do awful things to my lovely fair skin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, uh, so, but, uh, I think I'll start doing that more, but I'd be interested too. I mean, I I want to know because the iPad mini would be, I think if I were to get another iPad, I, I, I waver back and forth now after I've held an iPad Air and an iPad Mini, which way I would go. You know, up until that point, I was pretty much set on um, going with an iPad Mini for the next one I bought. But now I waver back and forth on it because the iPad Air is light. and But the size of the Mini, I mean, that's getting close to the size of my Kindle. My Kindle's a little bit smaller than that, but it weighs almost nothing. I mean, if I were to put it in my backpack and carry it to and fro from work, I wouldn't notice the extra weight.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the nice thing about the uh Mini, and I haven't tried an iPad Air to see what that's like, but I can one-hand this. So, um I don't know if you could do that with uh, you know, the full or, you know, the iPad Air. I know they did make the bezel a little smaller, but I still don't know if you could one-hand it though.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't. My hand I don't have giant man hands like yours. I have something in between. Uh, we both have the sausage fingers, but I don't have the mm. my hand's not that huge. I I I it would be tough. I mean the uh the mini I can easily one-hand and the uh and the Kindle of course I can one-hand. A the Kindle actually almost felt too fragile until I put the uh cover on it. So mm. So that's why that's that was another reason I bought a cover. And again, I got a cheap, the cheapest cover I searched on Amazon <laughs> until I found the cheapest one I could find. And, um, but I like it, but it's it's really getting me back in, and, you know, it's, it's cyclic, but I don't know that I'm going to buy a whole lot more books. I think from here on out, when I want a book to read, I'm just going to ask for the uh, ever present Amazon gift card and just buy mm-hmm. the books off Amazon that way and, you know, read them that way. The Plus, I mean, the thing will hold. Tremendous amounts of books. I mean, and I don't have to keep buying big old bookshelves like are sitting over here on the other side of me. <laughs> and, you know, we've been whittling down the books that we have. Like I said, the local library does it. Uh, the few books that I've kept are something, they were special books or they're a good series of books, and I really don't want to have to rebuy them, I guess is what it comes down to in some cases.
1: Yeah, I just kept the books that, you know, I wanted to revisit it sometime. Those books that I call them the influential books, the ones that have, you know, left an effect on me that, you know, kind of helped form the, the person that I am. Um and so there's some science fiction books there. I got a few Dave Barry books because um, our friend Allison mentioned Dave Barry, and I threatened to go back and start rereading them, and I kind of got like a chapter in and then got busy again. But, again, that was a, like a physical book. <clears throat> you know, if I could you know, break down and buy the, the digital one and just keep it on my phone so I had a f- few minutes, I could just whip out the phone. And, uh, and that's the nice thing about um, the – Um. um no uh not the Amazon app, but the uh, Kindle app there we go uh, I had a mental fart there um, <laughs> with its whisper sync. I can be reading on the um phone and then when I get home, I can pick up the iPad and they'll sync together, so it'll be the same place I left off, so you yeah. know that's kind of a nice thing and uh and like I said, if I just uh, again, I wish I had a a bigger capacity iPad and phone, so I could put more stuff on there but I, I guess they really don't take up that much space, uh, you know, a book or two.
0: No, I don't think so because I think the Kindle, the one I bought and if I remember right it only has like 2 gigs of storage or something like that, maybe 4 and I've got you know, I've got uh, probably oh, I don't know a dozen books on there and it's barely registering anything as far as uh, consumption of storage. I mean, the operating system's taking up more than the books I've got on there so far, so
1: yeah i was just looking at the books that um that that i read for um sci-fi tech talk yeah we had and uh i think some of these i bought and some of these i checked out because i don't think it differentiates unless i try to download it and it tells me i can't but we had like molten the god molten god's eye um the forever wars legion of the damned ender's game rule 34 um and Andromeda Strain. So those were all books that I actually took the time to read. But uh,
0: I need to read Moat in God's Eye because that's, uh, what was that guy who was a tech writer? Wrote for Byte Magazine for years. I can't Um,
1: think. Jer- Jerry Parnell.
0: Yeah, Parnell. I, I, I think he's still
1: with us. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I know he's he had show- a
0: couple strokes.
1: Well, he's had, I think, brain cancer. But he shows up on Twit from time to time. Leo Laporte will have him on there. And, oh, no. That- uh, yeah, it's just yeah because he wrote for uh, Byte uh, magazine and um, uh, and he's just got that old time perspective. And the the thing about him is anybody that had a Microsoft tablet that had handwriting recognition in there, it was actually his handwriting that they used um, for the basis of that uh, in the first Microsoft uh, tablets or. Microsoft didn't call them tablets. What did they call them? Oh, I know.
0: Um, I know what you're talking about. Uh, was it the convertible PCs or something there?
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it was his handwriting that was the uh, basis of their uh, handwriting recognition in those things. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, he said, yeah, he has no problem with the handwriting recognition on those things. Well, yeah, because it's your handwriting.
0: <laughs> of course it recognizes it. Yeah, I need to read in God's Eye. That's, that's another book I'd, I need to read. I mean, a, a lot of what I've read, and I've mentioned it many times on here, is I read a lot of alternate history, too. Uh, and historical fiction, you know, now going back and reading some of these other things is what I'm doing. Um, I always have a big tie to history because that's one of my great loves is is history and stuff like that, especially American
1: history. Well and, and in my youth when you know, growing up in the farm and we didn't have the, the digital abundance that we have now, I read a lot of books and they were they were just the books that was on the back staircase that we'd bought over the years and so there was a lot of Tarzan books, there was a lot of uh Pellucitor and John Carter books, they were all written by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um and then I started buying, and then there were some uh, Sherlock Holmes books on there, too. But then when I got old enough and was able to go to town, I'd start buying stuff. And, yeah, I got into a lot of the science fiction stuff, Oh yeah, and then comic books. I know some people will kind of sneer at that. But uh, I liked reading those things. I kind of wish I could get back into it, but, yeah, yeah it's so I, pricey.
0: Comic books, um, I never read a lot of comic books. I read a lot of Mad Magazine, mm. Cracked Magazine back
1: in the Not- day. Not cracked so much, but Mad. My brother yeah. kind of got me hooked on those. So
0: yeah, cracked was like a cheap knockoff of Mad. So I, re- you know, it was something I could easily pick up at the local drugstore. So I, re- that's what I read a lot of. And I used to be voracious about computer magazines. I had subscriptions to, you know, Byte, Computer Shopper, PC World. Um, I'm trying to remember all the different magazines that I had subscriptions to, uh, you know, before the internet and and all that. Oh yeah,
1: stuff. when I I had a subscription to the Rainbow Magazine. That was the uh, book specific to the handy color computer that I had. And I don't have them all, but I, and they're out in the farm. And I don't know, maybe by now the coons have gotten into them and wrecked them, but I don't know. Uh, but I had, um, man, I think six, seven years of them. And I had them in little boxes and I had them all stored there. Uh, because when, uh, you know, on uh, Allison's podcast, Bart Bouchot has been talking about taming the terminal and the last few times when he was talking about the uh, pipes and direct um um Redirects or whatever—I uh, can't remember the name now—but that stuff I actually knew because in my Color Computer magazines, that uh, uh, Color Computer, the first operating system I had on it was Microsoft Basic. But then it came out with an alternate one called OS9, which had nothing to do with my uh, Apple's OS9. But that was a Unix-like operating system, and you could do things like that—you could redirect the uh, output into the input of another program. And I was doing things like that, and they always called it the the toolbox. Uh, uh, mentality that you have a bunch of little tools that you can use to do stuff. And so you just take a bunch of them and string them together. So you could take like the output of your directory command and feed it into, um, shoot, I forget what all the commands were in there, but basically you could do, I think now it's called a grep that you could do, uh, pattern recognition so you could pull out certain things like say maybe all the text files and feed them into you know a file which would then save them so then you could sit there and go through the file and look for stuff Uh, so when he got to that part that was all I'd learned that stuff about oh twenty five 25 years ago
0: yeah yeah I'll have to admit I've been enjoying the taming terminal session and it my uh, between my DOS days my Linux my Linux experiences Um, Unix experience because I used to be the admin for a Unix system we had and all that, and that was uh, SCO Unix, um, which I know was a hated Unix by a lot of people. But hey, I had to learn those sort of things, and I learned them and did them and and went on, so it's very interesting and if the listeners don't know what it is, go over to Allison Sheridan's show, The No Silicast and you can listen to Bart Shots. it's about every other week, he does Taming the Terminal it's part, I think he's up to part 13 of n right now or maybe part 14 of n something like that
1: i've kind of forgotten me yeah, i do like the 13 of n which so n is an, a, a uh, infinite number so that he's not locked himself into a certain number here he'll just be done when he's done
0: yeah and i know they took a break they're doing um uh they did photography this past week when bart was on it wasn't a terminal so you'd have to go back what a week or two weeks, yeah, two weeks to get the last version of uh, Taming the Terminal. But they, you know, Bart puts together, uh, and and I I count Bart among the some of my online friends. Um, he puts together amazing, and so does Allison. Put together amazingly detailed and good show notes. So if you want to read and learn this stuff, you can easily
1: go back and do that as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, I've been having some delusions about. I've done a little bit of programming, and I've been. I would kind of like to go back and do that but the problem is I don't know what it is I would like to program. I got to have some idea in mind to do something. But I would just kind of like to get back to kind of like, you know, crafting a program. And you know, the thing is I haven't looked at, you know, the modern languages too much cuz the ones I used was like basic and Pascal and then there was one language I used which is kind of a combination of both. Um and then C came out and C was just hard for me to follow. Um, It's a very harsh, terse language. Um, Very, you know, economic in what it. You know, I I prefer something that I can kind of follow the flow a little bit easier. And I don't know that they've gotten any easier since C has come out. And so, uh, you know, if I did anything yet, and you know, I don't know, you know, now Pascal is, you know, basically a dead language. I don't think anybody hardly ever uses it. But it's kind of language that I could. Use and follow and make sense of, but you know, I don't know if there's another language out there that would accomplish the same thing or not.
0: Well, I don't write code anymore, I mean, I that was my full time gig up until about um, 2000, yeah, about 2000, 2001. Um, but uh, and I was a COBOL programmer at that doing mostly COBOL at that time, which is very easy language to understand, it's pretty close to plain English. But um, the modern languages, I try to keep my hands in them. I try to stay in with like Visual Basic. I can kind of get my hands around Visual Basic. I think the next language I want to learn, uh, spend some time on is either uh, Python. Uh, I'd like to spend some more time on maybe Perl or Ruby on Rails. Or Ruby, as a lot of people say nowadays. Those are all good languages. Um, you know, for a good resource for learning some of this stuff, you may want to consider... Um, if you 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 know if, you, if you want to put out the money, a membership to lynda.com. Mm. Um, that's where I get up, pick up a lot of the new stuff that I work on. And also, the Khan Academy has a lot of free programming mm. classes that you can take. I think Julie's even done some of that. Um, and then there's the... Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's another one out there, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. But also, uh, just to give a plug to a, a new show that I'm watching, Coding 101 on the Twit Network... Um, mm. with uh, Shannon Moore Snubs mm. uh, from Hack 5 and uh, Father
1: Robert Ballister that's
0: it thank you yep. uh, they're doing a show they're in about like the fourth or fifth episode now I think of Coding 101 I find it mm. it's a half hour show and being a geek and an old, and a coder I find it compelling to watch mm. and they're focusing in on uh, C sharp I think is what they're doing so um, you know, it's you know, if you have if you want to download the development tools, or almost all of them are free, you could get into it that way, Mike.
1: Hmm. Uh, that might be interesting because, like I say, I've <clears throat> done a little bit, and I've done a little with a programming or a a uh, database language that I was using on the, on the Color Computer, and I kind of like that concept of building mod My idea was to build modules that you could kind of plug together to build, you know, a, a, a database out of. And my grand plan, which eventually fell through, was I was going to make this agricultural record-keeping accounting program until I realized that I really didn't remember a lot about accounting from high school and probably didn't learn that much to begin with because then it started to get real complicated real quick. And I eventually kind of went, okay.
0: Yeah, no, I I can understand. Hey, I've I've had a lot of grand visions and I've started a lot of programs and then when I got into it's it like, yeah, no, I'm just going to skip that for right now. I'm going to write simpler stuff. So um, that's you know that's the way it ends up sometimes. But yeah, check out those resources if you want to get into it. They're good free. Uh, like I said, Khan Academy's free, and it it actually talks down to uh, some of the courses if I remember correctly. Or even geared towards uh, middle school and uh, elementary school kids, so really Ooh. get you in on the basic level, you know?
1: Right, probably at my level.
0: There you go. It's what yeah. you know. Mm. I think sometimes it's better for me to go back to those levels mm. instead of trying to, to exist at the levels I'm in now. But uh, well, for something more fun though than for some people might consider, tell us about your uh, digital media library that you're trying to build.
1: Well, it's kind of an environment, actually. I I think the last time I was on the show, I was talking about getting a Roku. Well, I, I did get one of those. Well, actually, let me back up here. What I st- got first was a Google TV box, which is an interesting. Um, not the pro
0: not the Google, not the uh, the little stick, though. You're not talking about nope, that.
1: No, nope, not a Chromecast, not anything like that. It's a. Uh, well, uh, I don't know if I can pull it out here enough for Kevin to see it. Maybe if I turn the computer a little bit, uh, you still can't see it. Anyway, it's a little box. It's kind of Apple TV-sized. Um, but it's got... Um, um, you feed your your uh, TV signal, your HDMI signal into it, and it's a pass-through. So it will do your cable TV, but then it'll also do Netflix. It'll do Amazon. um Vudu. Uh, it's got all the big players on there except Hulu, which drives me nuts, because I do have a Hulu subscription. But here um, it doesn't do you guys good. but I'm showing Kevin the remote. That's one side. And then there's the other side of the remote.
0: Oh, I remember seeing uh, at CES a year or so ago, them talking about that.
1: Yeah, this one that I got is a Netgear Neo Prime TV. Ah. So, so it uses uh, It's an interesting idea They just, it's not for the normal person, because like I said, I got this one first, I had it upstairs, was gonna, you know, I figured since it's got the, the, it'll still access your cable TV, and uh, be but still within the same box can get to uh, uh, Amazon and Netflix and everything else, I had it upstairs. The problem was, it's not for normal people, which means it really pissed off my wife, because it was kind of a, uh, yeah? Never did (laughs) Uh, no, 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 and um, because it's kind of, you know, it, it's Google, you know, designed by geeks, um, and like I say, not for normal people to use, but it's an interesting idea, because because um, I got it, now I have it downstairs, so the TV's actually sitting behind the computer here, but, uh, so I've got a, uh, it's got a little uh, magnifying glass here, so that's the search feature, so I can hit the search feature, and then, like, say, uh, no, just name a movie for me.
0: Um, Red Tails.
1: Red, is that one word or two? Uh, I believe it's two words. Okay. So, oh, crap, I'm in, uh, I got to back out of here. I'm actually in uh, Plex right now. So now if I hit it, um, and it'll bring up a search box, and it'll uh, use the power of Google. Uh, Should we be so,
0: playing some weird music in the background? The
1: Google music or whatever it would be? Uh hmm, does Google has music? Well, anyway, you, you type that into the little search box and the little thing kind of chugs and churns there, and then uh, it'll go through, and if it was playing on TV, it would tell you. So if it's you know playing on your cable TV, uh, it would tell you. Uh, apparently it's not, but it's uh, in TV, uh, uh, TV and movies here, uh, and it's also got, let's see, what, on YouTube... Uh must have clips or something behind the scenes. You can go to Google, it'll bring up Google Google search results. But if you go back up here to TVs and movies and I hit enter, and it'll bring it up and it will tell me that I can it said I could rent for two ninety nine. So um and the problem is this thing is a little sluggish because it's trying to do a lot and I think they got an underpowered uh um CPU. CPU in there. So, you can, I can rent it from Amazon and from Vudu uh, for, uh, okay, uh, the standard def is 299 and high def is uh, 399 or I can buy it for 999 or $1499, uh, but that's, uh, or if, like say, if it was available on TV, it would tell me if it was coming soon somewhere. So, it'll tell me, uh, you know, my options where I could buy or rent this movie. Um, and so like I say, it'll search, uh, and tell you all this stuff. And like I say, even if it's playing on television, it'll, uh, tell you, and then you can hit a button and it'll tune in the television for you. And so it's kind of a neat idea. Um, you know, so you don't have to be switching because, uh, uh, but like I say, it didn't, uh, make the wife factor here. So then I went and got the Roku TV, which is real simple to use. And it's got a lot of apps on there. Uh, a lot of channels as they call them. And so you can, uh, in the yep. And I got the Roku Three. Oh, you got a uh, newer
0: version than I do.
1: Yeah, because I just uh, I kind of wanted the fancy remote, and the, that's nice because it's got the little uh, you can put the uh, headphones in it into the remote and listen to it. So I don't won't wake the wife up at night watching TV. Uh, but the problem with that one is, is that you got to get up. Switch the input on the TV from the cable over to that one, which isn't horrible. But then you got these extra remotes up there. And the nice thing about the Google one is here, it, um, the, the box has got an IR blaster, which is sitting over here. So that'll control your TV. So you got, like, kind of one remote to rule them all. Um, and it'll change the volume. It'll set up so it'll change the volume on your TV. Uh, the remote, it's supposed to have a little... Um, Little pad here that you're supposed to be able to click by drop that quick clicking on me. Uh, but it's also you do that and it's a little funky to make it work. But uh, by doing it, so, so Kevin can show uh, see it here, but uh, you you go around in this pad, a little cursor will pop up. Like a crack to get pad. Yeah, basically. Trying to get its attention sometimes, you know, it's kind of like, hello, 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 you know, you're rubbing on. But the nice thing is they have apps for the uh, iPhone and iPad. Uh, of course, the problem with that one is <clears throat> it's got to be on the same network, fine. But then it's trying to get it to recognize it sometimes. It's kind of like, hello, hello hello. Eventually, you know, it'll recognize the app will recognize the TV and it'll pair up and then you sit there and do it. And it's kind of nice, but it is kind of nice to have the physical buttons here. Cause then you can kind of feel, you know, with a uh, the uh, iPhone, you got to look at the screen to make sure that you're hitting the right button here. You can kind of, uh, you know, feel your way around and, uh, and just be able to tell by feel which button you're hitting. Um, but, you know, so I got that and so, like say, upstairs, you know, it, it's fine. We watch a lot of stuff on there. That does have Hulu, and the uh, Google TV box didn't. And they uh, coming soon. Well, I hope to do. But then what I decided to do was uh, there are some TV, uh, and I wish that the TV, uh, the content providers would get it out there so a person can watch it because there are some shows uh, my wife and I, we're kind of in the tattoo uh, uh, TV shows now. Uh, my wife got a tattoo and uh, on her back a nice little butterfly. And I'm, I want to at some point get uh, so, uh, a series of tattoos on my arm here. Um, and so, like I said, we've been. Ooh, is that Taz? Yes. Cool. Well, the, the, I want to get something that you know. I want. I call it a life tattoo. So it would be like the kind of the tractor that was mine on the farm. Uh, I want to put it here, like an '88 Oliver. And then I want to put my uh, Edison Amberola on there for my love of music. So, the tractor be love of farming, the Amberola be my love of music. And then uh, I want to get my uh, uh, Tandy Color computer, my first um, computer that I had. So, kind of my, my passions on my arm. Though. But anyway, back to what I was talking about before. So, we've been watching tattoo shows. Well, if we don't watch them, or like I'm working and I don't watch them on cable, you can uh, watch them. Um, like some of them are on the oxygen channel. So I do have an app on here that I can watch them, but I had to go through and thankfully my, our local key, uh, TV, uh, cable TV. Uh, it's a rural cooperative went through the watch TV anywhere program and got certified. So then it's on the list of providers there. Um, so I can watch on my iPad, but without an Apple TV, I can't put it on a big screen to watch it. um, <clears throat> And if I try to bring it up, because the Google TV has a browser built into it, but if I try to bring it up on there, you're not allowed to play that on a mobile device. Um, uh. Yeah, I know. They drive you crazy, because all I want to do is watch the show. You could even throw a couple commercials in there, you ding-dongs, and it wouldn't drive me nuts. Although Hulu watching the same flipping commercial five, six times during one show, shake it up, people. Put some different damn... commercials in there
0: that drives me crazy with the Comcast app Uh, I've been watching uh, the Blacklist I don't record it although I could Uh, I've been watching it on the uh, Comcast uh, iOS app um, because I'm the only one that really wants to see it so it's nice you know I just sit down throw the iPad up there and watch it but oh the same ad over and over again really you're going to continue to add I mean I don't I'm okay with the ads being there I really am like you say put me a different
1: ad up Come on! Yeah, because sometimes, well, I was listening to um, a tech fan today, and um, Tim Robertson, uh, Guy Searle, and um, okay, I'm blanking on the third guy. Um, he's from England. Oh, um, oh, damn! <laughs> yeah, okay, good. We're both having a senior moment here. Yeah. Well, I apologize to the third man, whose name I'll eventually maybe remember after we're done podcasting. Uh, Tim Robertson was saying that he was watching a show on Hulu, and they had like three sections of um, uh, commercials on there, and they were all the same commercial five times in each of the three sections. So he watched the same commercial 15 times. Well, I don't think he's going to buy 15 times the product. At that point, I think he's going to buy 15 times less the product just because he's getting annoyed by it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I it, it is absolutely ridiculous that they would uh, they would do that. So yeah, it's just I don't
1: know. Well, and so now what I've started to do is, and I've had this uh, set up for a while here, um, and I was going to try and get away from it because I'd like instead of having me to uh, do all the. Uh, DVRing of it and stuff. I ultimately, I would like just for it to be online. I can watch it, and be done with it. I don't have to, you know, schedule and record everything. But I do have my, I've got my Hackintosh back here. It's a uh, quad uh, core uh, dual uh, processor, three gigahertz, uh, four gigs of memory. It's not a bad outfit. And I've got a um, Elgato ITV. Um, or no. ITV is the name of the software. I forget the name of the tuner, but it's a USB tuner that uh, plugs into the computer, and I've got the ITV software, and that's made for the Mac, so it's got smart searches. So let's say I want to watch one of the shows we like to watch is Bad Ink. So I can do a smart search and say, I want to record, let's say, all of the Bad Ink, or let's say I want to record only the new episodes of Bad Ink. So it'll go through and find all those and automatically record them for me, and then and then, what I was doing before you called, I was recording some shows, and then I can sit there and go through, I can edit out the commercials and compress it all together, so I get rid of the commercials altogether, take that content companies, I'm not even watching your commercials. I cut them out, put them together, and then what I can do is I can export them. you know if I if I want to save them and watch them, I could just watch them there' be done and throw them away. But if I wanted to save them like we wanted to do some of these shows, Uh, What I've been doing then is uh, exporting them and saving them into my uh, Plex Media server because then both the Google TV and the Roku uh, uh, apps have um, Plex servers on them. So then I can watch uh, all the shows I've recorded, and they also have, um, I forget what they call them, I guess it's channels on there too. So I've got ABC, NBC that don't have Fox on there, which... Is a problem because there's some shows I like to watch on Fox, uh, but they do have the channels there, so I can go in there and watch uh, some of the shows because I like Intelligence on CBS. I, I want to get to watching that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And so I like and that one is on there if the uh, the uh, the, um, the app for Plex TV you know is updated or whatever, so I can go pull it in or whatever. Because I have had a problem with a few shows. Uh, just saying that's it's not available so I don't know if there's a little problem with the 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 Plex app or what's going on there but um and but the problem was like for these tattoo shows they were on like Oxygen and uh what other channel uh um, a and I think A&E, yeah A&E yeah uh yeah but A&E's on Bad Ink and uh Tattoos After Dark and What's the other show? There was one other show on... Oh, Best Inc., I think, is on Oxygen. Um, But there's not an app for the Plex server. And again, like I said, I could watch it on... If I just wanted to watch it, I could watch it on my iPad. But if the wife wants to watch it, um, you know, there's no way to get it up on the TV. So that's why I started doing the... Recording the shows and saving them. And supposedly there's... And I haven't got it to work. Maybe I should try because I just got an update for my ITV software. But uh, the, on the Roku, there's a app that's supposed to be able to read these ITV libraries and be able to play them on there. So hopefully, I can avoid the step of having to uh, export them and save them over to the uh, the Plex server and save myself some you know a little bit of hassle I still have the commercials in it. But although there is a, uh, I have to see how that works because I do have a somebody wrote a script that you could run on this Apple or the ITV program which marks the commercials and then it would automatically skip them.
0: Ooh, I like that idea. I've, yeah. I've thought of dabbling in Plex, and I haven't done it. And I need to because you do have the Plex channel, I guess they call it on the Roku. Although I have to admit, my Roku is not hooked up right now because the new TV I got for Christmas is a smart TV, and it has most of the features in it. I got to look here. That um, I was a lot of what I was using the Roku for. It has Amazon Prime. And it even has a dedicated Amazon Prime, Netflix, and MGO channel here. I'll hold it up so Mike can see.
1: Okay, is that a high sense that you got, or
0: no? It's a uh, the TV is a Vizio. Okay, it's a Vizio uh, forty inch. Uh, was one hundred and twenty megahertz uh, HD TV. Uh, I do what I need to do now because I used up all the HDMI ports.
1: Hmm.
0: I need to get an HDMI switcher. So that I can hook the Roku back up. So I just haven't done that yet.
1: What I'd like to do upstairs, um, if I can pry my pocketbook open, is get a um, Logitech uh, Harmony remote. Uh, and program that so it would switch the TV over and do all that stuff so we could get back to one remote. But I think those are like about 170 bucks, or thereabouts. about yeah.
0: They start. I think the even low ends a little over 100 bucks. But yeah, yeah I've toyed with that, and I just, I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't actually mind the multiple remotes for whatever reason because I have all right anal retentive here. I have the, all the remotes stay in a certain place, and when people move the remotes. Daddy loses his freaking
1: mind. Don't torque off, Daddy.
0: Yes, that's right. Mm. I, you know, use remotes all you want, do whatever you want. You know, I'm cool with that. That's that's not a problem. Put them back. They belong here. They have a place. They
1: belong right here. So. Well, there's just my wife and I, so that's not too much of a problem. And most of the time, we have this arrangement that makes our marriage work. She stays upstairs and I stay downstairs. We have his and her, you know, things. That's why I got my Google TV box down here so I can watch the shows that I like so I don't torque her off. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, it is a little bit of remote. You kind of got to jumble around because we got a remote for the uh, cable TV box. We bought a sound bar and put it on the TV. So that's got a remote for the, to change the volume on that. Um then let's see if you want to watch the Roku. That's another one. And then we keep the uh, remote for the uh, the TV itself around so we can change input. So it's like four, uh, you know, remotes that we're kind of just like you know juggling around there. Well, we have mul-
0: some multi-purpose now. Like you can, we can actually change the input on the TV um, with the uh, either the TV remote itself. Or you can change it, uh, oddly enough, the Wii U that I have hooked up to this television. It discovered it said, oh, I can control that TV for you. And you can use it to change it. And that's what my Ooh. wife uses most of the time to change yeah. the input on. But we have, I have that remote. I have the Roku remote here on my desk. We also have the Comcast uh, cable remote over there that floats around. And then the uh, DVD uh, VCR combo that I still have. Uh, she has that remote over there, too. So we have four four remotes and then five, if you count the Wii U's uh, uh, GamePad as another remote. So we've got five floating around the the family room here. But, you know, they all stay in the same place, and I'm good mm-hmm. with that.
1: Well, that's why I like to Google here because, like I say, it's a TV pass-through, so you don't have to worry about it. Uh Excuse me, and it will control the TV box, or little, you know, the cable TV box over here with the IR blaster. So, like I say, it's kind of one remote to uh, rule everything because it'll change the volume on the TV, it'll change the channel on the box. Uh, you can use it to browse around the the Google TV because it's got like, I mean, it's a it's a QWERTY keyboard on one side here. Uh, with the arrow keys and enter and you know, all that other stuff. And on the other side here, you got dedicated buttons for Amazon, Netflix, Google Play, Voodoo, YouTube, and My Media, which will allow you to, And it's got a USB port on the side of it there, so you can plug in USB media if you want. But what I've done is it'll also uh, accept USB uh, keyboards or whatever. So I've got a uh, Microsoft mouse here. Because uh, the the trackpad on the uh, remote there is a little funky. Yeah. Okay. See, mine's a little cheap pocket. You know, but it's got the little USB uh, wireless thingy on there.
0: Yeah, mine does. Yeah, it's the yep. same one. The same yeah, I one. think so.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, like I say, I can put that in there because that mouse is a little—it's a little easier to use that on the on the uh, Google box here. You know, like I say, it's got a browser built into it. I think the next time that Allison, uh, it, when she comes back from her vacation and she starts doing her show live, I want to try and run it on the Google box uh, to watch it on the TV, and then I could use the computer uh, to uh, chat in the chat room there. But it'll give me a full size, uh, twenty inches of Allison there.
0: We, that's interesting cuz i have the one monitor that i have here on my monitor setup is is now called Allison. It's the 23 inch uh HP that i have that sits over here to the side. So when the chat so when the show's running i throw uh, uh Justin, i throw that up on there so i have Allison in the chat room going there and then i have the colloquy software uh of course running on my main screen here and that's what i'm working when i'm when i'm doing the uh the uh the Insightful commentary that you and I both provide to the show chat room,
1: or as I like to call uh, calling it uh, throwing spit wads from the back of the room. That works too. They're kind of yep. the same thing. Yeah, they're they're really kind of the same thing. So color color commentary.
0: Yes, it's yeah, wet color commentary. <laughs> mm. So, but uh, well, I think um, you know you made me think of something else. Oh. With the uh, Roku, I was thinking about actually taking the existing Roku I have upstairs because I don't have a smart t v up there and then getting a more a newer Roku and putting it down here too but i you know the and the the other feature that I love the Roku for is that u s b port that it has so that it will mm-hmm. play the stuff that I've legally made backup copies of uh on a thumb drive that's why i went out and bought a it was reason to buy bigger thumb drives remember mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah you, you need a reason sure yeah i
0: need more thumb drives um it's I, I fought off the temptation i didn't do it the ones that i saw in the paper the other day but the week's not over and the sale runs till saturday but we'll see Anyway, the <laughs> um the the tv the new tv also has the h uh, the uh usb port on the back of it too mm-hmm. So I took the one that was plugged into the Roku and plugged into the back of that. So I can get to those television shows or those movies that I have on there really easily. So yeah, you know, moving into the 21st century with media consumption has been a benefit to this old fart.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm still a little frustrated because the only thing, like I say, I don't have in the TV mix. And I don't know. I'm, <clears throat> I might buy one at some point or maybe I'll wait and see what they come out with is an Apple TV because – I don't, well, of course, the thing is I don't have a lot of media in iTunes. I mean, I got music, but the Plex server can access my iTunes library, so I can play it through the Plex uh, thing if I want, or I got it on my computers if I want to play it that way. Um, but I don't have movies in there, because one of the things I had considered doing with that, that gift certificate you had given you'd give me was to get um, Star Trek in the Darkness through iTunes, but without being able to play it on a big TV, without getting an Apple TV, that was kind of a drawback because, you know, I could watch it on the computer screen, but I think that's a movie that would do better on a big TV screen.
0: it definitely does. That was uh, because I got that movie, Into Darkness, was one of the movies I got for Christmas, and that was probably... I can't remember whether it or Iron Man 3 were the very first movies that I watched on the big screen, and I was like, "Ah," and I had, you know, spittle running down the side of my Mm. face and everything, so, but you know, something with the, uh, that torqued me off, and I mentioned it a few weeks ago, I think, too, I had, uh, a lot of the movies I got had the digital download you could get along with the movie, oh, I said, yeah, great, I'll get the digital download, So I downloaded one or two of them, and they were in high def, and the thing was like three or four gigabytes. I don't remember what it was. It was huge. And I was watching it on my computer screen, and I am want a lot of times when I want to do some work, but I want to watch a movie at the same time, and I know that sounds counterproductive, but people, it does work for me, is I will put the movie over on one of the side screens and watch it. Well, because I'm hooked up that I'm going through the Thunderbolt to DVI, to the two other monitors that I have hooked to my iMac, as soon as I move it over there, it threw up the thing, oh, you can't watch this because it's not a, a digitally protected or what do they call that standard?
1: Um, compliant. Uh, H, HDMI compliant?
0: It, no, not HDMI mm. compliant. But
1: but it goes through the HDMI port. That yeah. If you don't have the proper leads in there, it'll say, oh, you're trying to pirate this, you scumbag.
0: Yeah, so I said, well, yeah. you know what? The, the the all these the the ultraviolet and all that stuff, screw you. I'm you know, I'm not wasting the spoice. I've got the discs. I'll make my own copies. Thank you very kindly. And I'm done with you. Because then I can drag them around and play them on the monitor I want to play them on when and where I want to play
1: it. Well no I got a few ultraviolet. Well the thing was I think Target had a special um so you could um if you signed up for Target, you got, like, ten free movies. Um, and so, let's see, the one, which ten did I get? Well, there was, like, Conan the Barbarian, Dark Man 2, The Italian Job. There was ten. Last Action Hero... Uh, Alien was in there. That one was actually... Of course, I have Alien on DVD that I've ripped and put on the Plex server. Uh, But Ghost, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Independence Day wasn't too bad, Mars Attacks, Office Space. Um, So, yeah. So there was a few movies on there. You got 10 of them for free. I mean, you got to pick 10 out of the ones that they had. And so, you know, some of them was like uh, Conspiracy Theory with uh, Mel Gibson... Uh, the producers. Yeah, there was some kind of lame-o ones in there, but you know they were free and I got them. And then they had a sale. They had, uh, I think it was five dollar movies. So I got the first three Star Trek movies, uh, for five dollars in, uh, uh on Voodoo. And I think they are. I think that's high def. I don't think it's standard def. Um, so I got those. And then you know, nice thing is I've got, uh, um. Oh come on here, I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Um I've got um well now I just confused myself. I know it's not <laughs> hard, but um I was gonna check to see if they're high def or not. But uh I got them all there and I can watch them on the Google TV box or on the uh uh Roku box um uh, or on my iPad. Um so you know I've got options there and you know and like you know you have know, and the thing is, I didn't pay anything for them. So if Voodoo just closes up shop, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I paid five dollars for the Star Trek movies. I would be a little annoyed by that. But um, the rest of them, if Voodoo closes up shop. Yeah, I'm not out anything because I didn't pay anything for them. But yeah,
0: uh, well, that's the way I feel about having uh, the physical DVDs that I and Blu-ray discs that I make legitimate backup copies of because I've got them. If something happens, I you know I only play them once. Yeah, uh, and then I might then I'll make a copy of them, and put them digitally somewhere, and so then I play them from that point on digitally. So,
1: well, that's you know, kind I, of the that's kind of the route I'm taking. I'm mean, going to get the movies that I want. That I, you know, I won't say I couldn't live without them, but the ones I would like to watch again, uh, and I you know, buy the DVDs. What I do is I rip them, I put them on the Plex server because the Plex server has a nice way of displaying all that, so I just scroll through there, and uh, so I don't have to get out a DVD and play them. I can just do it that way. Um but um uh, and then I got you know, I'm kind of I got Netflix, I got Hulu, I've got um Amazon Prime, so I have plenty of choices on how I want to watch movies and that'll be the movies that oh I heard about this, let's watch it. Okay, I saw it. I'm done, I'm happy. Yeah. Um uh, and so like I said that's the way I, I do it. So and if there's and I should again break out my uh pocketbook here and get Uh, Star Trek in the Darkness, get the DVD of that and rip it and put it on there and somewhere buried inside this pile of digital debris somewhere. I know I've got the Star Trek 2009 movie somewhere. I haven't I got to find that and rip it and put it on the box or it's all available there. So then like I say that way I'm upstairs. Hey, let's watch a movie. You know, here's all our stuff. And so we got, you know, like I say we're drowning in digital um, options here.
0: Yeah, and the sad part is when you have all the stuff and you go, gee, what do I want to watch? And then I
1: can't make up my mind. Yeah, I know. That's kind of the thing. And I got Hulu because um, Fox doesn't have an app that you can watch stuff on. And I can't find it any other way. So if I want to, you know, and there are shows I like on Fox. Uh, one show I want to mention that, uh, uh, you know, it's in danger of not being renewed is almost human. Um that's a, a good sci-fi show uh, on there and would encourage people to, you know, maybe um, send some, you know, an email or uh, tweet to, to Fox or whatever and show your support for it so they'll come back next year. Because it's a really good sci-fi movie. Uh, it's got uh, Carl Urban in it who played uh, Dr. McCoy in the uh, Star Trek the new star Trek shows um and I think it's just it's a good, interesting movie uh and I think the um the powers that be uh the digital content uh you know constipated overlords or whatever they are uh <laughs> just need to be, hey, you know, we kind of like the show, could you bring it you know could you renew it for another year so
0: yeah kind of like they did with firefly
1: yeah um yeah Bastards. I know uh we got a special place in hell for those people but, but um that's right yes so. not well, that i'm bitter but i just want to watch shows not but. that i'm bitter
0: well i think on, on on that note that we've deemed people having a special place in hell that <laughs> might be a good place to end the show so in case anybody still doesn't know where to find you mike you want to give everybody an, a clue into where you might be found
1: yeah. Um you know, we, we mentioned it here, but uh uh plug it again so people get it. Uh sci fi tech dot com. That's uh me, Julie Keel, and Jeff Sire. Uh we'll uh find a, a work of um uh, you know science fiction and talk about and this last week we talked about contact with Jody Foster. Um and um and that can be found at sci dot com and look for us in iTunes and if you want to leave us a uh uh review there, that'd be like great. Um but you can find us there if you know sci-fi is your thing. And me, um uh I've kind of fallen off a little bit, but I try to tweet should try tweeting a little bit more often. But you can find me on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And uh not that it does a lot of good because I haven't done a lot more beyond Twitter, but I do have an about page where you can find out a little bit more about me, and that's about dot me slash Mike McPeak. That's M C P E E K.
0: That's great, and I would encourage anybody to go out and follow Mike And listen to Sci-Fi Tech Talk It is a wonderful show It's one of those I, I, there's, I have certain podcasts that I listen to That are a break from my normal um, uh, Hardcore Mac Or, or computer related podcast And uh, that Along with a couple other shows they, they interspersed into my week And I love that, so I really enjoy it So please go out and listen to that um, but if you want to find out more about the show, you can always go over to geekiest show ever dot com, and it is show ever, not shower, uh, as we've talked about, but it is geekiest show ever dot com. You can find me on Twitter at twitter dot com forward slash B I G underscore I N underscore V A, and I know people hate those underscores, but really you only have to type them once and you'll find me. So you're just underscoring the underscores. That's right. I'm underscoring the underscores. That's right. So okay. we've completely underscored that and over-talked about it. Yep. <laughs> but uh, And if you'd like to leave the show a review at iTunes, we'd appreciate it. Uh, I know we need to go check the reviews. Uh, I'll task Mark with that since he isn't doing anything else to go out and uh, uh, check the reviews. And uh, we really appreciate you downloading and listening to the show. And uh, hopefully you'll return and listen next week. And please remember... Between now and next week, if you do nothing else to hug a geek. Here
1: we go! Curious about Nintendo? Well, check out the Nintendo Club Podcast. This podcast is done twice a week. We dive into all things Nintendo, we dive into the retro, we dive into current games, what we're playing, what cool Nintendo news is going on. Check it out here at the Spotlight Network, the Nintendo Club Podcast. We broadcast this live out every Sunday evening starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the nintendoclubpodcast.com website for more information.